Alrighty, here we go. Episode 61 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. I feel like 61 is a big number. We've been doing this for a little bit now. <laughs> I, got, I got a good feeling about this episode, Jason. I like the energy you're coming in with. I, we got to just keep it the whole time. I'm I'm feeling it, man. I, I'm, I'm feeling good today. Even though the Raiders got absolutely pounded, but that's okay. <laughs> that was a little unexpected. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it looked good for a little while, and then a couple of un, you know, unforced errors, and yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. They might was, be in the market for a new quarterback, huh? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Just talk to John Gruden about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um. Anyway, all right. Big news for the show. Not really big news, but a little bit of a transition. Sam's back in Oregon. Yeah, I guess this is the first one back in Oregon. In a while, yeah. Yeah. I hope it sounds different. I'm using that authentic mic instead of the Apple headphones. So hopefully it sounds better. I mean, you sound great. I I feel great, Jason. You know, the Niners got two wins in a row against the two worst teams in the NFL. (laughs) Then they get to go against the Philadelphia Eagles, who might be the third worst team in the NFL. It's just perfect. That division is so bad. It's they get so to bad. have all those injuries and play JV teams. I know. And you know what? So I started Jarek McKinnon Okay, this he, weekend. He did well for you. He did play well. And then I looked on my fantasy roster just to kind of – He's hurt. And he squashed the ball. I was <laughs> like, oh, great. <laughs> so if you, you better go get Jeff Wilson, bro. He's the only one left. Dude, I, I'm trying to get the Henderson guy from uh, Darrell uh, Henderson from the from the Rams. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I lost this weekend on fantasy. I was up 18 points heading into Monday night. Yep. And the dude that I was playing against had Tyreek Hill. Yep. And I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm safe. <laughs> Um, and then your boy Lamar totally let you down. Dude, I was down four, go, heading into Monday night, and he had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Mark Andrews, and Lamar just shit the bed. I did not see that coming. I was thinking, oh, LeBron's going to have like 35 Yeah, points. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a great game, but Lamar and the whole Baltimore Ravens team didn't show up. No, they did not. Mark Andrews only had 22 yards, and Hilaire only had 64 yards. So you, you were primed res- and ready to go. He had a lot of receiving, too. He, uh, mm, he had 70. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he did play well. Yeah. I, did, I hadn't gotten to the receiving part. Dude, but yeah, the Lamar. Kansas State Chiefs just played. It looked like they were playing with their meat out there on Monday night. Yeah, it was... I mean, I didn't get to see the whole game. I was out last night, but I just I kept looking at the score, and it was never close. <laughs> it was never close. At one point, it was at one point it was twenty seven to seven, and then after yeah. that, it was just they just opened up the floodgates. Yeah, and Baltimore cut it somewhat close just because they had a punt return or kick return, some sort of special teams score. So the offense really only. Got like thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a rough day. Uh, total yards for the Ravens two hundred twenty eight to the five hundred and seventeen of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, they outrushed Kansas City. They had one hundred fifty eight rushing yards to Kansas City's one thirty two. Um, but Kansas City had twenty nine first downs. The Ravens the Ravens only had sixteen. 
And then on third down, the Chiefs, there's a big discrepancy right here. The Chiefs were 10 for 13, and the Ravens were 3 for 9. Lamar also got sacked four times. Um, they were even on penalties. And they both lost a fumble, too. So um, they were even on turnovers. Um, but the time of possession was also a big difference. The Chiefs held the ball for 33, pretty much 34 minutes. And the Ravens held the ball for 26 minutes. Um, so the way that you beat the Chiefs is not by giving them the ball the majority of the game. <laughs> you need to keep it out of their hands. And to be fair, Baltimore is built that way. They're built to to get a lead and stay ahead. They have uh, like a premier rushing attack. So they they more than more than the Chargers last week are built to absolutely beat the Chiefs on paper. But the Chiefs just, like, the Ravens just honestly have no answer for them. They have no answer for Mahomes. Yeah, they. I mean, does anyone in the, no one in the league has an answer for Mahomes, except maybe the, so. the Chargers have played him well a couple times. Yeah. Uh, but just team-wise, no one has an answer for the Chiefs. This, this was a resounding win for the Chiefs, and if these two teams do happen to play in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure it's going to look that quite just the same. Relatively the same, yeah. And one thing I heard today as I was listening to ESPN that I, I thought was an interesting point, Mike Greenberg made the point that there are no great defenses in the league right now. Like, there are some good defenses in the league, and by default uh, this season, that makes you great. But the Baltimore Ravens were supposed to be – what is that noise in the background? <laughs> Sorry, I was cleaning my desk. I was oh, off. you're good? I was like, who is sweeping behind you? <laughs> Just, uh, do why, are they, why are they sweeping so aggressively? Um, so, so aggressively. The, uh, he was saying that there are no great defenses in the league right now. And so by default, if you have a good defense, then you kind of have a great defense. And the Ravens, yeah. the Ravens were, I mean, they had one of the better defenses heading into this weekend. And right now I would say the Steelers – uh, are up there for one of the better defenses. The Chargers have a pretty good defense, but again, they mm-hmm. gave up 21 points. To the Carolina, Rams, that's not bad, though. Not, Carolina, not, Carolina yeah. is a pretty prolific offense. They're sneaky. Um, the Rams have a pretty good defense, and they gave up 35 points yeah, to the Bills. They have, they have holes. They have good names on the defense. They just have Ramsey and Donald, but outside of that, there's holes. Now, the 49ers were supposed to have a really good defense, but I don't know how much credence you could give to the all them only giving up nine points to the Giants. Honestly, um, it should have been less. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'd say the Bucks have a very good defense as well. Would you say um, the Bills? The Bills were supposed to, but again, and I don't know if it was it was a product of the Rams just because they have a good offensive team. Um, they do, which they do, yeah, but. Um, but again, a great defense would be able to counter that a little bit. So I don't. I I think I agree with him. I don't think there's really like, you know, the Seattle Seahawks from a couple of years ago when it was the Legion of Boom. There's no like defense that when they step on the field, you're like, oh crap. Like, <laughs> would you say Green Bay's? I think Green Bay's defense is playing pretty well. They're not playing bad. They're not playing bad. They gave up 30 to the Saints, which is not the worst thing in the world because the Saints are a very prolific offense. Weren't they up? Two scores though, and then Drew just got like a late touchdown. Uh, Drew. I so the fourth, remember. Yeah, the fourth quarter. Um, 
the Packers scored 10 and the Saints only scored three. Hmm. Um, So they didn't score a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but I think I agree with them, which is kind of disappointing because in, when it came to this chiefs and Ravens game, which is where this all started our conversation, you were kind of thinking, well, maybe the Ravens defense could figure out a way to, to, to maybe hold Patrick to, to just not looking like his normal self. And then he goes out there and, completes 31 passes for 385 yards, four touchdowns. So basically what I'm saying is the Chiefs look like they're uh, poised and ready to go back to the Super Bowl this year as it stands at the moment. Right now, maybe, yeah. Yeah. According to week three, and according to me in week three, I'd say they're they're well on their way. We'll see what that ha- – we'll see what everybody looks like in a month. Definitely the class of the AFC. Yeah, very, very much so. Very much so. Um, so let's get into the scores of this weekend, and uh, we'll get into what happened with our picks. I feel like we should make our picks early. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, we got to get out of the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's run through the scores real quick. Uh, we'll talk about uh, whichever games are relevant. We'll do our picks, and then we got some stuff lined up for you guys. So <clears throat> the Thursday night game <laughs> was the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Which, by the way, this Thursday is not going to be any uh, better with the Broncos and the Jets. So. Bro, Thursday nights are going to just be trash. They trash really are. Piles. They really are. Let's. See. What is Week Five's Thursday night game? Okay, Week Five. Week Five is okay, I guess, and I think it'll be more interesting now that Dick Foles is starting for Chicago. But it's the Bucks and the Bears, so man, nah, it's a little yeah, bit better. All right, it's a little bit better. All right, so Thursday night game: Dolphins Jaguars. Dolphins win thirty-one to thirteen. The Forty Niners. With Nick Mullins beating the Giants 36-9, to the Bengals and the Eagles tie 23-23, to which we'll talk about later. <laughs> the Raiders and uh, the Patriots played each other Sunday morning, and the Patriots won 36-20. The Falcons, are we, all, are we shocked that they gave up another fourth-quarter lead? 30-26, to they lose to the Bears. Mitch Trubisky was benched for Nick Foles. We'll talk about what mm. that means for... Mr. Biscay going forward. The Bills beat the Rams in a very fun game. Um, that was – I don't know if you guys were paying attention to it, but the Bills kind of jumped out to a big lead, a big yep. lead. And then the Rams sort of fought their way back, and they even outscored the Bills 15-7 to in the fourth. But Josh Allen just brought him back, and he is playing as well as anybody right now. 35-32 to Bills over the Rams. The Steelers beat the Texans 28-21. to the Browns beat the Washington football team, still weird to say, 34-20. to The Vikings lose to the Titans, 31-30. to That was also a very close and interesting game. The Panthers beat the Chargers, 21-16. to The Seahawks and the Cowboys, maybe the game of the week. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks beat the Cowboys, 38-31. to Russell Wilson is playing at an MVP level, and I don't think it's any question now that he right now is the runaway um, MVP of the league so far through three weeks. The Colts beat the Jets 36-7. to The Lions upset the Cardinals 26-23. to The Buccaneers beat the Broncos 28-10. to The Packers, now they were a dog heading into this game against the Saints, but I don't think it was an upset, truthfully. 37-30 to over the Saints. No. And then the Chiefs beat the Ravens in a game that really was never close, 34 34- 220 so i'm assuming i won in picks you did win you did win like clearly like run away right yeah it was it was a runaway yeah i only got one game 
Okay, I just wanted to make sure. one out of five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was I was watching the um. Well, first the Bears came back. Yeah, which, I know. <laughs> which that was one of them. And did I pick Miami too? Did you pick Miami? Um, no, you did not. So you won on the Bills game when they won barely. Yeah, that was the only one that I won. And then because you picked okay. the you picked the Lions over the Cardinals. Yeah, and then I picked the Packers and the Chiefs. Uh, no, we both picked the Packers. You picked the Chiefs. I took the Ravens. So. You went against your boy Drew Brees. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think they were going to win that game. I I thought it, I thought it was interesting that they were a dog heading into that game. Yeah, um, but just the way that the Packers had been playing, I I didn't think that. I actually thought it was going to be worse than what it was. <clears throat> um, yeah. But yeah, you won four to one, so you're now up two to one through three weeks. This is a different year. It really is. It is a different year. <laughs> it is a different year. Um, do you want to do picks for next week or start? No, nah, let's let's talk about these let's, games. Let's just talk. Let's talk about like five games. Yeah, let, we let's don't keep it. Let's keep it small. Yeah, we don't have to talk about everything. You want to say something about your 49ers? Uh, good win. Hope everyone gets healthy for next week, and then they get to just dismantle the Philadelphia Eagles and then destroy Miami. That's it. That's true. That's true. Um, speaking of the Eagles, so they played the Bengals and they um, they tied in overtime, twenty three to twenty three. Joe Burrow, thirty one for forty four, three hundred twelve yards, two touchdowns. Yep. Joe Burrow looks like the real deal, man. Like <laughs> the kid looks great. He really does. Stars. He really does. You know who doesn't look great through three stars? Carson Wentz. One of my favorite announcer quotes. They were. I think heading into the overtime and the announcing team was like, the Philadelphia Eagles are so lucky. There are no fans in this on the, in the stands mm-hmm. because they would have been booed out of the house. Oh, absolutely. Philly, Philly fans love to boo their home teams. It seems like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they would not have held anything back from Carson Wentz. Who's regressed to before he even picked up a football in the NFL. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what's going on. Now, don't don't get it twisted. The Philadelphia Eagles are a bad football team. They just are. Their defense They're playing is, bad. They're playing bad. They got good players. They've got good players, but right now they are just like their defense is not playing well. They're they've got names on offense, but their names are not producing and mainly and it's really their main guy who's not producing. Now Carson Wentz has a horrible offensive line in front of him. They they lost another starter in this game too. Mm-hmm. Uh Jason Peters. Maybe Josh uh, Peters. It's a Jay Peters. Yeah. They lost Jay Peters. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jason. Um, now I know that I say the Philadelphia Eagles have a horrible offensive line. They allowed three sacks, but so do the Bengals. The Bengals allowed eight sacks. Joe Burrow got sacked eight times. Eight times. Your rookie quarterback. Jesus. He's getting killed back there. I don't know if you saw the play in the fourth quarter where he. The pocket collapsed, and he sort of rolled out right, and then he came back left and did this, like, 360 spin move to get away from one guy and then just hucked it downfield for a first down. I was like, this dude does not look like a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Joe Burrow is not the problem in Cincinnati right now. They absolutely nailed that pick. Um, and if he can get some players around him or some or a defense to help him a little bit, um, that would be great. One of the – That'd be great for the Bengals, honestly, because they nailed that pick. One of the things that was interesting about this game is that um, 
the Eagles head coach, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment. Um, uh, this is uh, Doug Peters. Yeah, Doug Peters. Yeah, Doug Peters. Um, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Doug Peterson. Pe- oh, I think it's Peter. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Peterson. Yeah, yeah. And one of the interesting topics coming out of this game was he had to explain in a press conference, sort of explain away why he decided to punt in overtime and kind of go for the tie as opposed for going as opposed to going for it on fourth down and potentially losing the game. So I'll ask you this question because it was a big debate this morning on ESPN. Do you think it's the right move to go for a tie in the end or go for it on fourth down and risk giving the ball back um, in overtime when you're when I mean <laughs> when the game's close like that? Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say over the years that a tie is almost worse than a loss because there's no closure in it. You don't really know where your team's at if you get a tie as opposed to a loss because a loss, you could really just adding that 0-3 to their title is really telling the full picture of what this team is. Now that there's a tie, you really don't know what you have. Um, I think it just shows complete and utter lack of confidence in this team's offense and really the quarterback that he's putting out there that right. they don't go for it in for if this is a team that won the Super Bowl what three years ago and is returning most of the offensive starters and most of the big pieces from that offense and you're losing faith in a guy against the Cincinnati Bengals who I don't off the top of my head don't have the best defense mm-hmm. right so I mean, if you're if you really want to show some heart and like some urgency, because that's really what it is, it's just a lack of urgency to get this team on the right track. Right. If you're punting it away and just giving up at that point, and on the flip side, Cincinnati looked like they didn't want to win either. Right. So both teams obviously didn't want to be there. Well, okay. So here was the scenario: there was a there was 19 seconds left. There was a 59 yard field goal attempt, or setup I should say because they never kicked the field goal but it was a 59 yard attempt it was fourth and seven with 19 seconds left Philadelphia is about ready to possibly win this game now there was an offensive penalty which set them back five yards so now you're looking at a 64 yard attempt or a fourth and 12 and they elected to punt with about 19 seconds left and basically just go for the tie so that was the scenario Right. And the analogy that I heard this morning was if you were given these three options, which two would you pick? Would you pick if somebody was handing you $100, $50, or no dollars, which two options would you pick? And I'm asking you, which one would just, you? Just with that information? Yeah, just with this information. Somebody, it's, it's for free. Either you can pick like – Here's $100, here's $50, or here's $0. Well, Pick two I, of your I, options. I don't even think that's the most accurate representation of what's going on because I feel like it's like you either get 100 which is a win, or you get 0 which is a tie, and you get negative. You owe something if you lose, right? Well, the thing is, is that with like a tie in the NFL counts for half a win. And in a division that's as bad – as the NFC East right now, that tie actually might come in to play later on down uh, down the road because yeah. this 
this division is is horrible. And maybe eight and eight or nine and seven is what wins this division. So maybe instead of being nine and seven, you're nine, six and one, and then that right. tie puts you over. Or you're eight, or seven eight, and one. Yeah, eight, seven and one. And that and that one puts you over. So I I honestly I don't mind them going for the tie in that situation. I think if they were but see, it wouldn't have even happened if they were farther up the field. If it was, if it was like fifty yards away, because then you still kick the field goal. But still, what does it say to your t- like? You're sitting there on the sidelines as a defensive player, and you hold the Cincinnati Bengals to twenty three points, and you're expecting your offense to go down the field at least put some points on the board, right? And you see the punting unit get called out there. First initial thing is confusion, then disappointment, then maybe a little bit of anger coming out in that order. So I don't know what the state of the Philadelphia Eagles locker room is at this point. And it's just getting worse with all of them answering questions about the performance. Yeah. I don't like I, the, for me leaving that game, I, I don't mind going for the tie, but I understand there's, I mean, sometimes as a coach, you just need to, to just go like, Hey, I believe in you guys go, go win us this game. Um, yeah. Instead of going, you know what? I don't believe in my offense, and I don't really believe in my defense. I, like, I think my defense can hold them off for 10 seconds. So offense, you know, you guys really haven't done anything to get me to think that you could go do this. So Wait, it was 19 you're staying here. seconds left, and they were on Cincinnati's 55? It, was, it would have been a 59-yard field goal. So they were on the, their opponent's 49. And even if they lose it, there's only 19 seconds left, and their defense has gotten to the quarterback eight times in that game. Yeah. Hmm. All right. It's, it's an interesting, interesting scenario. <laughs> interesting situation. I'll just briefly touch on the Raiders and Patriots game. Um, the it it started out uh, really well. I mean, going into the second half, it was um, it was 10 to 13, and I was like, okay. Um, you were right there. We're kind of, they were pretty much exactly where they were with the saints on Monday. Um, and then the second half just rolls around and just some unforced errors by the Raiders. Some, a couple fumbles. There was one turnover. Um, it was a fumble by Josh Jacobs, which after review, um, everybody in the booth and the announcing official, whatever his name was, uh, said the ball should have been given back to the Raiders, but the referees on field missed it. It was a missed call. It was a turnover that um, should have gone the Raiders' way. Uh, I mean, that shouldn't have gone the Patriots' way. Uh, it kind of didn't matter because the Raiders ended up picking off Cam Newton that very next uh, defensive series. But then again, there was another fumble. Uh, Derek got sacked, um, and he fumbled just because he got absolutely clobbered. Um, like I just, it was just, it was crazy. One of the things that the Raiders have been so good at through these two weeks, um, was they not were really the over. one, not turning the ball over and two, their third down efficiency has been phenomenal. Um, and they were only three for nine on Oof. third downs, but why was Darren pitch, Waller so ineffective? Well, probably because of Bill Belichick. And the thing that I was going to finish on that third down is even though they were third and I mean, three for nine. The Patriots were three for 11. So the Raiders defense, actually, for as much as I've been questioning sort of their performance, they actually were playing 
okay yesterday. They were they played good enough to to win that game. I thought, um, yeah. and there were some there were some points tacked on at the end by the Patriots that just were kind of kind of some garbage points. But the Raiders' defense actually played really well. They actually got to Cam. Like, we actually got a sack. It was crazy. I was like, I can't believe I just watched that happen. And not only did they sack Cam once, they got him twice, um, which yeah. was nice to see. Um, they were getting pressure to Cam, and you could tell early on that the defensive line was getting a push because as an offense, when you can see that the defensive line is getting push, getting uh, some push, what do you do? You start throwing some screens. And they were throwing screens all over the place. And then we're running some short routes. And then, you know, Rex Burkhead, who my sister made a joke and called him Rex Baldhead. Um, wow, that's creative. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, he he had three touchdowns. Like, come on yeah. now. And I feel like that's the, that's the Patriots sort of way to win. Like, you just – like, they just have a, a guy who maybe – like, not the most well-known person ever, but just will explode just because yeah. it's the Patriots. But well, Cam – Cam had 162 yards and one interception. Well, their whole pass, their whole rushing attack was they doubled up the Raiders in rushing yards. Yeah, 250 and to 126. They were allowed to have 12 more plays than Raiders. Uh, time of possession was nine minutes in favor of New England. Yeah. Um, they're pretty even in first downs, pretty even in total yards. Six penalties for the Raiders to New England's two. Yeah, these are the these were the two least penalized teams heading into week three. And it shows. I mean, two penalties for a game is pretty on all like through all facets of the game, that's kind of amazing. Yeah. And like the Raiders were the Raiders were moving the ball pretty much just as well as the Patriots were. Now, granted, the Raiders at the end it says three hundred and seventy five yards and the Patriots four oh six. Some of those were some garbage time yards. Um, like the yeah. Raiders went down and scored at the end. Hunter Renfro had actually a really good game. Um, he had a big play at the end. So some of those stats are a little bit misleading. The Raiders played well in the first half, and they just they kind of got shut down in that third quarter and because they didn't score in the third quarter, and the Patriots scored 10. And after that, it was you weren't going to be able to come back after that. And to answer your question about Waller, it was just a game plan that they had dialed up. I told you. I, I said it on, on Tuesday that Bill Belichick was going to find a way to, to get him out of the game, and he did. How, how did they do it? Did they double him every play? They did double him, and they were just they were hitting him off the line. And uh, he, I mean, he was, like, never getting a free release. Because he only had two catches. Yeah, two catches for nine yards. They were doubling him. Um, and even when they had some single coverage on him, the, they were just – I don't know what it was other than, like, I mean, yes, they were doubling them, and yes, they were hitting them off the line, but for whatever reason, their DBs were just sticking with them. Like, he was never open, yeah. even if it was one-on-one coverage. So I don't know what they had dialed up necessarily. Uh, they did play some zone, but they hit him with some man, too. So they just yeah. – they made him the focal point, and it didn't help that Josh – and Josh Jacobs had 71 rushing yards. Um, it's a little off game. A little off game for him. Um, so there was that, too. But – and yeah. Ruggs, Ruggs was gone, right? Ruggs is still injured, yes. How is he going to – is he, like, probable for this weekend? As far as I know, yeah, because he wasn't um, – Because he was injured week – this was a hamstring injury from week one, and then he played week two. Yeah. 
Um, that's, that's so weird to me. Yeah, and uh, Damon Arnett, who is the rookie cornerback, who they're really high on, who I really like, it might go on the IR as well. So they might be down their starting corner. Um, and, and they didn't need to lose a corner. No, they didn't. Uh, their secondary has been actually playing pretty good. At least they played pretty well in the in the Patriots uh, game. Like I said, Cam yeah. only had 162 yards. Um, so yeah. the secondary was coming along pretty well. Um, so they might be down there, their stud corner and rugs might be out for a while. So who knows? Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the, what happens with the Raiders these next couple weeks. Um, you want to talk about the bears Falcons game? Um, I feel like we Nick, should because of Nick, Nick, Foles. Nick Foles and, um, rip Dan Quinn, who somehow is still employed. Yeah, but let's also not let's also not let the players get away with this too. Like, I mean, I know a lot's being put on Dan Quinn, but I mean, come on, like the players like show some pride a little bit. What yeah, twenty six three maybe. They gave up twenty points in the fourth quarter, and Atlanta didn't score anything. They were up twenty six to ten. Yeah, there's a fifteen point lead in the fourth quarter. Chicago literally spotted them three quarter a three quarters lead because they put in a quarterback that was trying to lose them the game, and then Nick Foles said, "Guys, settle down here. I got yeah. you." Is Mitch Trubisky ever going to play in a Bears uniform again? Um, if Nick Foles gets injured, yeah. If he gets injured, yes. But like, I don't think there's any chance they go back to Mitch for the rest of the season. I think the fact that they went on to Foles as quickly as they did shows yep. that they were never really high on Mitch nope. in the first place. They were like, oh, we're 3-0. and Okay, well, let's actually put in our, our quarterback that we, we, we think is better. <laughs> yeah. um, and let's, let's go try to do something because we're 3-0. and um, And you know what? I don't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all um, for that. Mitch has not been playing well. He at least for the first uh, three games, he did, he did not show that he deserves to be the starter. And I don't think he showed that last year either. Right. Um, Nick Foles is, I mean, yeah, he's injury prone, but he has proven he can play in this league and be a good quarterback in this league. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Bears, I think he did the right thing. And Mitch, I, I hope you find success somewhere else, but I don't think it's going to be in a Chicago uniform anymore. Oh, he'll get a a backup spot somewhere. 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 The kid's got at least enough talent to be a backup for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill's Rams. Josh Allen playing at MVP level. I don't think he's going to be the MVP, but he's playing really, really well. Uh, good fight by both teams. I mean, the Bills showed a lot being up that, that much that early on L.A. I was looking at it. I was like, what's wrong with L.A.? What is going on? And then they just go. They just went on a scoring tear. Mm-hmm. And the and Buffalo went quiet, and then uh, the Rams were up late, and there's a controversial call that kind of gives Buffalo the ability to go for the win. And Josh Allen, he played just so spectacular in this game. Yeah, he's made that jump, that jump that you look for from uh, early year quarterbacks, from like year yeah. one to two to two to three to three to four. He looks like he's progressing along really well. He was 24 for 33, 311 yards, four touchdowns, mm-hmm. one interception. And he also ran for a touchdown, too. He accounted yep. for all of their t- all of their touchdowns. 
He looks like he's made the kind of jump that Lamar made last season. He does. He does. And the comparison that I keep hearing for him is he looks like Cam when Cam was young because Josh uh... is so – he's so big and he can run and he's got just a cannon of an arm. Did Cam, I don't think Cam put up this kind of passing numbers, though. I don't – well, I mean, so his MVP season, yeah. He was uh, – I don't know, though. Because this is, like, historic passing numbers for anyone. Well, I also feel like the reason – like, I think – I get the comparison to Cam because they're both big dudes and they both and, can run. But yeah, Cam Josh scores a lot of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, I think Cam was – I don't want to say a designated runner because I don't think either one of them are a designated runner. But I feel like Cam was more of a runner than Josh. I don't feel like Josh, like, seeks – um, like seeks out time to run. Yeah. Like he he ran four times for eight yards. And I think he's, yeah, he's, he's running less than he was last season. Yeah, so like I understand the comparison to Cam because of their size, but Cam ran more than Josh does. Like he's not he's not looking to run, right. which I don't blame him because the dude can throw the entire length of the field. It seems like does he have um, a bigger arm than Patty? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think him, Rogers, and uh, Allen are the three guys who can just heave it. I saw Patrick Mahomes make some just monster throws last night. Yeah. While getting hit. It was like, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Um, and what doesn't make any sense is how Russell Wilson has never gotten an MVP vote and he's going to get him this year because he's if he doesn't votes. he's going to get some votes for it, sure. Yeah. If he doesn't win, if, I mean, if he continues this, if he continues this and he doesn't end up winning. I don't know do what you, else the dude. Do you have do. his numbers right in front of you right now? 27 for 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. So he is, he's he the 14 touchdowns. He's the only, games? yeah, he's the only quarterback in NFL history to throw for 14 touchdowns. Through three weeks. 14 touchdowns to one interception that wasn't even his fault? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we do have to make note of. That pick last week of his was a tip ball. <laughs> uh, yeah, it went through right through Greg Olson's hands. Yeah, that was not Russ's fault. So he's basically 14-0 for his touchdown-to-interception uh, ratio. Yeah, but they're just – they're rolling. It's It's just as simple as that. Enough said. Russell Wilson looks unstoppable. The tough thing is, though, their defense is giving up some points. Yeah, they're not playing. Their defense is not playing well, and neither is the Dallas's defense either. Which I think might be the Achilles' heel for both of these teams. Now, the Seahawks have been able to overcome it because they have Russell Wilson. Yep. But but on the other side, with Dak Prescott, like you can't give up thirty-eight points to the Seahawks. And then let's go back to how many points they've given up. Now, they gave up 39 to the Falcons, and they barely won that game. Right. And they gave up 20 to the Rams and lost that game. So not as much there. But still, they're giving up big numbers each game. And I think because of that, you're putting all this pressure on Dak, which is why he's having to throw the ball like he did this game 57 times. Right. He's having monster numbers, but I think it's a little misleading because the defense is letting Dak down, and they're forcing – this offense to be perfect, which is not fair to Dak. But in watching this game, Dak played really well. He did. He threw two picks, but the one at the end, I don't consider his fault necessarily. 
Um, could he, he have thrown it away? Yeah, zone. he had to go for the end zone. Now he could have thrown it away and got taken one more shot at it, but yeah. like I, I do get it in the heat of the moment. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do understand. Um, but yeah, four hundred and seventy-two yards, three touchdowns. Like he played well, um, and that offense played well. Um, right, but the Cowboys. I don't, I don't know what to think of the Cowboys at the moment. And it's hard because they played Seattle, and Seattle I think is a buzzsaw right now for any team. Um, Who did they play next week? They play, I think, let me see, they play the Dolphins. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So their next three weeks are the Dolphins, Vikings, and Cardinals. Ooh, that Cardinals game is going to be big. That'll be fun. That's, and and then they play a high-scoring game. Yeah, then they play you guys. So, hopefully, the Niners will be healthy enough. Yeah, <laughs> to compete, <laughs> to contend. Um, but I think I think that's really all that needs to be said about that game is Russell Wilson is playing at MVP level, and um, the Seahawks are absolutely rolling. And I don't know what to think of the Cowboys yet. Truthfully. The Cowboys are going to be in the most shootouts uh, to, than any other team in this league. So their defense gives up a bunch of points and their offense scores a but they had Cedric Wilson come out of nowhere and get two touchdowns two big touchdowns. Yeah. That that offense is bloated. Yeah. Um and you know what? So is Seattle's offense in a sense. I Oh it's this is Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and they got that Moore kid and uh, Chris Carson sadly is out uh one to two weeks mm-hmm. with a did you see that dirty play? No. So he gets he got tackled like a like a leg tackle pretty much, and the the defensive lineman for the Cowboys like alligator rolled while holding on to the dude to Chris Carson's leg, so it like twisted his knee. Yeah, that's no bueno. That's that's bull. BS right there. And luckily, they have a comp. They have a pretty good backup for him in Carlos Hyde. Um, right. Greg Olson is still a reliable tight end. He's kind of like he played big uh, against the Cowboys. He caught that fourth down play. Yeah, on that on that last drive, he you played know, big. You know what he is? He's he's Dallas's Jason Witten when when Jason Witten was there. He's and a more it, athletic Jason Witten than what Jason well, was. What I mean is he's serving as that like he just seems to find space and, and get open, right. and he's reliable. You know, if you throw to him, he's going to catch it. And he'll get you seven to eight yards. Um, I mean, he's he's a very reliable tight end. This is the most talent that Wilson's probably had around him on offense since he's been there. Yeah, DK Metcalf is really turning into a number one wide receiver. Even <laughs> even though he had that kind of bonehead play <laughs> at the beginning of the game. Oh my gosh, that was he's he's one of my fantasy wide receivers. So I'm watching him. And I'm like, oh, sweet, touchdown. And then I got to watch it get pumped down. And I was like, oh. Such a good heads-up play by that DB. Oh, yeah, I know. Way to not quit on that. Um, but just side note, my fantasy team for my Fitness MD League is absolutely terrible at the moment. Chris Carson I have, out. Ooh. Michael Thomas I have, out. Ooh. Lamar Jackson this weekend, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a bad, <laughs> it was a bad week. It was a bad week. Um, so, and I think the other game that we, uh, can talk about and would be the most interesting one to talk about is the, uh, Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints game. 
Aaron Rodgers is playing as well as he's ever played. That second year in Matt LaFleur's offense, looks like he's really got a handle on it now. Um, mm-hmm. 21 for 32, 283 yards, three touchdowns. He's kind of on his scorched earth tour right now. <laughs> Without Devontae Adams, too. Yeah, a Devontae-less Adams Green Bay Packers still put up 37 points. And that's one of the things that you hear about these – one of the things you assume about these top-end quarterbacks is that they can make people like Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling look mm-hmm. like MVP-level players. Right. Um, and that's what he's doing right now. Um, he's making it work with people with, with these kind of no name guys, which is something you've heard about Brady for years. Um, but Aaron Rodgers looks as good as anybody. And I think it's funny, like people, I heard that I heard this this morning again on ESPN and was that Patrick Mahomes right now is going to be like, may go down as like the, like, the most was, talented or something? No, because the thing was is that the argument was is that Rodgers is like the best like quarterback, um, like most talented quarterback that has ever played the position, and Mahomes is the guy who is going to be like Rodgers esque in that sense, just by just by pure talent of uh-huh. that position. They're not saying like the best quarterback of all time, but in terms of like, yeah, like talent at the position, Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback to play in the league. And then Mahomes is going to maybe take that seed from him eventually down the road. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. As it stands now, it's looking like that seed is being taken. Yeah. There's no no takesies, backsies. (laughs) Um. And, you know, I think let's all remember that before there was Mahomes, there was Rodgers. And Rodgers was doing the same thing that Mahomes is doing. And um, before Rodgers, there was Elway and Mourinho and Favre. You know, <laughs> Favre, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But Green Bay, I mean, that's, that was just a complete team performance. They That team on all facets was better than the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. And the thing that's sad about the Saints is that um, – you know, for so long you've been like, oh, okay, you know, we got Drew Brees and we'll take whatever else because Drew Brees is going to kind of lead us to the to the promised land. And, and that's not the case right now. Um, and that's not, that's not like a criticism of Drew or anything like that. Drew Brees is the most accomplished quarterback statistically in NFL history minus the Super Bowl rings, but everywhere else it's Drew. And it's not a knock to say that he's just starting to look at age a little bit, um, which is rough, which is odd to say after his game the other night, 29 for 36, 288 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. But still, he doesn't look like himself. Um, Yeah, like Drew of three or four years ago, that might have been like a 400-plus yard game. Yeah. I mean, he was consistently averaging like 350, 400 yards. I mean, that's that's what Drew has been doing. And now he's going to need his team to sort of like kind of carry him as opposed to him well, carrying everybody else. Well, and they're really in position to do that. There's no – if you're sitting there saying that the Saints at one and two aren't going to make the playoffs or be a contender in the NFC, uh, you're sorely going to be mistaken. Yeah. Because Alvin Kamara looks to be the healthiest he's ever been. Mm-hmm. And he just looks – different he just looks 
he's moving so much better than he ever has. I mean, that touchdown that he had against Green Bay, whereas like Beast Mode, Quake, Part 2, yeah. where he catches the screen pass and he hits seemingly every Green Bay defender on his way to the end zone, that he wasn't doing that last year. No. The dude looks completely healthy, and he's just taking the game over for that offense. Yeah. And Michael Thomas is going to come back here soon. Um, and it looks like Drew Brees and Emmanuel Sanders may have gotten on the same page finally. Um, so to mm-hmm. have Sanders uh, playing well, to have Thomas back, Kamara playing as well as he is, Jared Cook is still there. Latavius Murray is playing well as, um, as a uh, running back for the Saints. He actually got the most carries the other night. Yeah, he's a nice um, little off-speed back. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's just a big physical running back. Um, so the Saints, the Saints, I think are going to be fine. Are, but, uh, are the Baltimore Ravens going to be fine, Jason? I think they're going to be fine. They just, they just can't seem to beat the Chiefs. So they'll be fine in the regular season. I don't think they're going to be fine in the postseason, though. That because they have to get past, they have to get past the Chiefs. And if, if right felt like now, a playoff game last night, it really did. And Lamar didn't look look good at all the question that i was actually going to ask you as we sort of transition away from from this a little bit is i was going to ask you the steelers are now number one in that division at the moment yeah. they're three no i was going to yeah. ask you what the likelihood is of the steelers potentially winning that division low you think the steelers, the steelers are three and oh but they've now barely beaten a houston team who's zero and three but houston looked a lot better in this game, they, they did the, the previous two, and they've had a tough. I mean, they go. Kansas they've had City, the hardest than Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Even if they were at full strength with D Hop and everybody else, they still might have been zero and three. Yeah, uh, they barely beat. Um, oh, jeez, who was it? I'll go back. Uh, the Broncos. In their first one. No, their first one was the Giants. It was twenty six to sixteen. They beat the Broncos twenty six to twenty one, and then they beat the Texans twenty eight to twenty one. They really just haven't established themselves as the clear best team in that division, not yet. So if the if they were to meet tomorrow, you're taking Baltimore like without even thinking about it. Yeah, I just think their offense is way more explosive than Pittsburgh's is. I th- I think I w- I would take the Ravens as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they split the season series. What were they? Did Baltimore win both last year? Did Baltimore win did. both last year? Um, let's. Uh, I don't have that in front of me because their defense is pretty much the same. The Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's defense is relatively. I can check it for you real quick. Um, so we got the Ravens schedule right here from last from last. Oh no, it's not showing me their schedule from last year. Never mind. Um, I just I wouldn't be surprised if they split the season series. I think Ben is going to continue to get better um, throughout the get more comfortable uh, being back. Uh, the Steelers have a very good offense. James Connors playing really well. Um, Juju still playing well. They have Eric Ebron, who's a very good tight end. Um, they won both games. The Baltimore? Yeah. They yeah, won yeah. 26-23 uh, early in the season. And then I think they won 28-10 the last game of the season. Um, but I think both teams were, like, sitting guys out. I don't think that was the full, like, rosters going against each other. Right. Um, 
So I think Pittsburgh has the off, maybe the offensive uh, pieces around Ben to kind of compete a little bit. If it's going to be, a, I think honestly that game is going to come down to the Ravens' offense versus the Steelers' defense. I think that's what's going to be um, what determines that game, um, as opposed to the the Steelers playing the Ravens. I think it's going to be those two units um, that that is really going to determine uh, that game because I think, I think Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh is going to score points. I don't know. I think they'd struggle. I don't think they score more than 25. Wait, is that enough to win the game? I don't believe so. Because I think this is a huge wake-up call for Baltimore. And they're going to do their darndest to ensure that this never happens. Because that was embarrassing last night. Well, see, the Chiefs defense is, I think we both agree, is not as good as the Steelers. And the Chiefs only gave up 20 points. So you're going up against the Steelers defense, which is better. Was it about the Chiefs' defense, or was it about the lack of Ravens' offense? No, I'm not get, sure. Are you sitting here today thinking, wow, that Chiefs' defense, that they just shut down Lamar? Or are we sitting here today saying that Lamar underachieved? Well, I think that would just turn into a, a matter of opinion for a lot of people at that point. I think it's completely factual. Totally objective. <laughs> Well, I mean, he only threw for 97 yards. And is that not his fault? He missed some throws, man. He did miss some throws. He did miss some throws. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I I, I do think that the, the Steelers could, could steal a game. I don't think they're going to win the division. Um, 15 minutes. But, yeah. Remember when we said we were going to do this really quickly? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, let's get to picks, man. We're terrible. We're really the worst. <laughs> we just get carried away talking about some football. I know. It's but it to be honest, it's like half the show. So like we got another half though. We gotta come on. Alright, let's get do it. it Broncos together, Jason. Bro- what? Um <laughs> uh, Broncos Jets. Oh I I messed up. Uh Broncos. Yeah, I'll take the Saints at the Lions. Saints. I agree. I agree. Uh Chargers at the Bucks. Um, I'm going to go the Buccaneers. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chargers. Okay. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are going to be in Brady's face all day. Oh, okay then. <laughs> and Jay Herb's going to get that dub. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Jaguars and the Bengals. Jags. God, I really, I really want the Bengals to win. Um... I really want them to win. The yeah, favorite uh, to win. That's amazing. I'll do it. I'll do it. I like it. I believe in Burrow. One, two, and one, baby. <laughs> I might go for a tie. Can we? Can we pick a tie? The Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings and the Texans. Uh, I'm gonna go Houston. I'm gonna go the Vikings. Okay. I'm not super confident in it, but. I, both both those teams are like identical. They really are. <laughs> they really are. I think we both can. I think we can skip the Seahawks and Dolphins one. Um, yeah. Titans Steelers. That's a good game. That's a very good game, and it's in the morning too. So getting it starting off. Starting off. Steelers good. defense. Off the top of my head, I don't know how good they are against the run. Um, I think the Titans showed a lot in the last two weeks. I'm gonna go Titans. Steelers. I'll take the Steelers. They're going to continue this streak. Cowboys and the Browns. 
Give me the uh, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I was gonna say Cardinals and the Panthers. Cards. Yeah. All right, Colts and the Bears. Kind of an interesting game. I think Colts got this. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna lean. Easy. I think I'm gonna lean towards the Colts as well. It's gonna be interesting now with Nick Foles there, but I, I would I'm gonna stick with the Colts too. Ravens over Washington. I'm assuming. Um, a good assumption. Yeah, Rams over the Giants. I'm assuming. Um, Great assumption. Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, this would be, yeah, the Patriots were to pull it off, it'd be a monumental win. But I think Chiefs got it. I do too. Bills and the Raiders. The Bills. Do I have to pick the Raiders? <laughs> no, you don't. I keep saying that I'm going to pick them every week, but I've been saying from the beginning that I just I don't think they're going to win this game. Just for the record, Sunday Night Football, awful. Yeah, yeah. now it is. It, Going uh, from I, Green Bay, New Orleans to this, awful. Yeah. Uh, beginning of the season, looks like a good matchup. They right should have flexed no. Kansas City, New England to Sunday night. Or flex, yeah, oh, yeah. You said can't say anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. I don't know uh, why they don't do that. I guess I'll maybe because like scheduling, they, they're not allowed to do it like a week ahead. Sorry, yeah. I'll still take the Niners though. Oh, for sure. Are and you taking the Raiders? No, no. Okay. And then I'll take the Packers over the Falcons. Yeah. That's so we a high point affair. So we've got four now. Oh. Okay. So I, I I got one that I could flip on. Um tell me if there's one that you're thinking of flip on, but if um So what is it's Bucks game, Titans game, Bengals game, and, and the Steelers game. Steelers. Oh, I said Titans. No, it's what is the fourth? So the Bucks so we'll back it up here. We got the Bucks and the Chargers. Right. So you got the Chargers. We got the Bengals and the Jags. Yeah. I took the Bengals. We got the Vikings and the Texans. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the Steelers Titans, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I am going to take the Raiders because I'm the only true Raider fan in this podcast. I was going to say, I can take the Bears instead of the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I believe in the Raiders. Okay. God, I hope you are right. Please, <laughs> please don't flip just to flip, because I can take the Bears and be fine with that. No, I'm flipping just to troll you. So if they do win, then I can sit here next week and say, I thought the Raiders were going to win, and you didn't. Oh, you whatever. don't even believe in your team. You're not a true Raider fan. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's going to be in that voice, too. All right, so we got two more things we really got to get to before the end of this podcast. One, we got to preview the NBA Finals, and two, we have to do uh, our uh, segment that we got. So which one would you like to do first? I feel like we should Uh, do the – you want to do the Finals preview. All right, let's do the Finals preview. Personally, I think this was the best matchup we could have gotten with this. Ooh, um, um, With the way that this – with the way that this playoffs has been going, I feel like the Heat. I like the storyline. First of all, I think it's kind yep. of poetic yep. that LeBron is playing against the Heat. So first of all, that's really interesting. It is very interesting. Number two, I think the Heat are coming in with just absolute, like they have 
an extreme amount of momentum right now, I think. Um, As opposed to the Lakers don't? Well, so I get what you're saying, and I understand, <laughs> and I understand why you would say that. But I think everybody knew and everybody assumed that the Lakers were going to win that series anyway. And I think they knew and assumed they were going to win that series as well. Okay. The Heat, the Heat from the beginning have been playing sort of above expectations. They beat the Bucks, which nobody expected. And well, they only... upset um, Indy, too, Indiana. They did. Which, by the way, technically, not technically, literally means they've upset every single team that they've played. Yep. So they walked right through Indianapolis, they walked right through the Bucks, and yep. they kind of walked through the Celtics a little okay. bit. Not really, but kind of. Um, I think the Heat so far have been playing better than the Lakers all around in the sense that what? I've no, I, yeah, I feel like the Heat have been playing and I, I, I don't think I, I don't think that's a hot take either. What? No, no what? I don't. I don't. You're, are you saying right now that Miami is the better team? No, 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 no. So what I'm saying So is their that, defense and their offense has been playing better than the Lakers have? What I'm saying is that the Lakers the Lakers are the best team coming into this series. Yeah, they're the best team coming into this series, but the Heat have been playing better. Jason. Dude, they have been. Jason, come on, man. Dude, they have been. Bro, you're losing all credibility with these insane opinions. That no, I, I, I don't think so. Oh I, t- t- tell me, tell me how I'm wrong. L- like, l- let me, let me hear. Bro, who's the better team, Denver or Boston? I would do. <laughs> you are high on Denver, Mister. Oh my God, Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. Oh my he God, is. Yeah. So pick Denver, please. Just say it. Just say Denver's the better team, right? Well, they're not the better overall team. No, they have the better than, player than Boston. Boston, from top to bottom, is a better team than the Nuggets. Okay. <laughs> okay. Denver's the better team than Boston, right? Just follow me here, right? And the okay. Lakers handled business against Denver. Did anyone think anything else was going to happen in that series? You no. said that, that it was going to end 5-1. 5-1, 4-1. After, after 4-1. After Anthony Davis's big game-winning shot. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and then you have, out of nowhere, LeBron says, oh, you know what? I'll just carry this Los Angeles Lakers team into the NBA Finals. Anthony Davis, you took it from there. I'll take it from here. And he goes out Back-to-back triple-doubles, 38 points. As a 35-year-old turning 36, he's, it's just like he's – it's that time, man. The Lakers are playing way better than Miami is because all those games for Miami and Boston went the exact same way. Boston would be up late, and Miami would come back and steal the game. It happened like clockwork every single time. Yeah, so the Heat, right? Hear me out on this, and hear and hear me why I'm saying this. Okay, I'm just gonna listen. The Heat right now. This is why our show is like an hour long, and we haven't gotten anywhere. Oh my gosh! You're saying? Oh my gosh! Look, the Heat. Nobody was expecting them to make it to the finals right now, right? 
Hello? You still there? Hmm. We may have had a technical difficulty with the show. Give us one moment. Technical difficulty fixed. We're back. Um, anyway, like I was saying, the Heat right now, nobody expected them to make it to the NBA Finals. They beat Indiana. They beat what people were saying were potent- was potentially the best team in the league in Milwaukee. And then they beat Boston, who everybody who was saying was more talented than Miami. And all I'm saying is that the Heat have been playing their best basketball by far. They, they have exceeded expectations and beat um, a more talented Boston team, beat a Milwaukee team who everybody thought was going to walk their way to the NBA Finals. Right now, the Miami Heat are playing their best basketball. They're coming in playing at a phenomenal, phenomenal level. That Everything is clicking. Everybody seems to be on the same page. And they're really coming in with, like, nothing to lose, almost. Yes, they're playing for the NBA Finals, which is hard to say that they have nothing to lose. But in a sense, like, they're already above expectations. So they're just going to be playing with absolutely no fear. Jimmy's going to be leading them. And I honestly think that we can say that, like I said, the Miami Heat have been playing their best basketball. Have the Lakers been playing their best basketball, do we think? I don't know. Is it time for me to speak, or are you just just talking? I'm just saying. Oh, you, you, can you, hear you, me? you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I've been talking this whole time. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's all. That's it. Yeah. All right. And I, I think I think this is a a, a good matchup for, um, for like for I think the Lakers. Yeah. Well, I feel like well. I feel like as as a fan, I would have much rather seen the Heat play the Celtics because I feel like the Heat match up better to the Lakers than the Celtics would have. Heat match up better. I don't know. I just I don't know. When I look at the matchups, I don't know how you guard AD and Dwight when they're on the floor. Right. So if the, if the Lakers do go big, I, that will be a bit of an issue for the Heat because Bam if, Bam is a good matchup for AD. But then, what are you gonna have Olinick? I guess I guess Olinick could technically guard Dwight. It's tough. Could. Yeah. But who guards LeBron? I know Jimmy Butler. Jimmy's gonna capable. have to guard Butler. Yeah, I mean Iggy, Jimmy's gonna have to guard LeBron. Iggy will get some time guarding him, of course. Jay Crowder will be there. I just—he's the ultimate. You just can't guard the king, man. I don't. I'm not saying that the Heat are going to beat the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to beat the Heat. Um, I believe they're going to beat the Heat. I think this is going to be an interesting matchup for a couple reasons. One, I'm going to be really interested to see how Bam plays AD and how AD plays Bam. Right. That's going to be really fun. Jimmy is going to go after LeBron. Whether or not he mm-hmm. has any, whether or not he has any success, who knows? But you know, Jimmy's going to be flying around the court trying to attack LeBron, which is always going to be fun. Um, Hero's been playing extremely well. It's going right. to be interesting to see what the Lakers do for him. Um, uh, maybe like Caldwell Pope or just by committee, I guess. Yeah, I think um, it, it's going to be tough because if the Lakers go big, like you mentioned, the Heat are going to have probably a bit of a problem because I don't know who they're going to be able to send with Dwight other than Olenek. And then on – 
on the other side, when the Heat are on offense, um, I feel like they they match up pretty well um, as an offensive unit compared to um, the Lakers as a defensive unit. Because I think they have an advantage. Um, if if the Lakers roll out the starting lineup that they rolled out for game five, and they go LeBron, Davis, Dwight, Danny Green, and Caldwell Pope, guards, the Heat have the advantage. But because the Lakers are big, I think the Heat are going to have trouble there. Mm, do the guards have an advantage? I think so. It's, it's Robinson and Drogic start, right? Uh, yeah, and then they have – yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you got Hero who will come in and do his thing. So, it'll be an interesting uh, series all around um, for just based on some of the storylines. I think my favorite thing to watch is just going to be Bam and AD. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be really upset if anyone but LeBron wins the finals MVP. Don't you think it would just be like a waste of a year? Well, yeah, and I, it, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, and obviously, like as Kings fans, we don't want to see the Lakers win the finals. Um, yeah, but it, I don't know. It almost feel wrong if they didn't. Um, just based on everything that's happened with the Lakers organization uh, this past year, with Kobe passing away, mm-hmm. um, it almost feels like they should win. As as much as it pains me to say that. Yeah, and them being the first seed. Hmm. And LeBron playing the way that he is, and um, the reason I think the reason why I'm so interested in this um, Bam matchup with AD is because this is really like the first matchup for him where he's going against like a prolific big man in the playoffs so far. Wait, who? Bam? Yeah, yeah. Like he played against Brooke Lopez, who's not right. a who's not a smuck. And he played against Tice. Who who also is not a smuck, but he's none of them are Anthony Davis. No one's Anthony Davis. Exactly. So he's playing against the best uh power forward in the league. Or best power forward slash center in the league. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how he steps up to the plate against somebody like AD. What's your predictions? Do we want to go full um, full predictions or just game one and maybe I don't even know how many games they'll play because they play Wednesday and then they'll play Friday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. So we'll we'll miss three games. Yeah. So by the time we come back for a game, we'll have filmed by game four. Three games will have gone. And it'll be 2-1 Lakers. I was point. about to say that as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. Two one Lakers, and then I think the Lakers either win in five or six. Yeah, I'm thinking five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, there you guys go. There's our little NBA Finals preview. We got one more segment for you guys. We haven't done it in a while, but uh, this is Sam's segment, so I'll let him take it away. Are we doing doing moving the chains? Absolutely. We're not doing the the Thunderdome today. Oh no no no! I didn't have a Thunderdome. You didn't. We didn't. We weren't going to do the NFL power rankings. Oh, do you want? Oh, so you were going to put? Oh, you were going to put the power rankings in the Thunderdome. Oh, that's. I didn't know you had planned I mean, on doing that. Kind of, but we, uh, we can. To. We can do a quick power rankings, and just kind of talk about it for a sec. Okay. Um, quick, quick, like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I would say so. I'll just you want. Where do you want to start? You want to go five up or? Yeah, let's go five up. Okay. Um, do you have one prepared, or you're just going off the the noggin? I'm just kind of going off the noggin because I feel like sort of gut decision is sort of how I want to how I want to go with this. Okay. Um. Okay, so let's see. So we got the obviously top guys right now are the Chiefs, Seahawks, the Packers. Chiefs, Seahawks, Packers. I think they have separated themselves from everybody else. So now you got to kind of look at that bottom, the bottom uh, like four or fives. So maybe you throw in the Bucks in that conversation. Um, uh, I could even see somebody poking in the Rams. Maybe I'd say the Bills or the Patriots. Maybe uh-huh. um, the Ravens. Um, so I'd say, I'd say for me as it stands right now, uh, number five. I would probably put the Buffalo Bills as the fifth okay. best team in uh, in the NFL, and then solid. And then I'd probably put the let's see, so I'd throw the Ravens in at number four. Okay, I throw the Ravens in at number four. I'll put the Packers in at number three. Okay, I'll put the Seahawks at two and the Chiefs at one. Okay, so that'll be my five. And I feel good about that. Off the noggin, much respect. Mm. Um, I am going to go New England number five. I wouldn't necessarily argue with that, other than the Bills. But you know, I can Buffalo see why you would do at that. Number four, gotcha. Kansas City at three. Ooh, the Packers at two, and Seattle at one. I don't think that that's necessarily wrong either. Three three weeks is kind of hard. Three weeks is hard, teams. and I also feel like the top three teams are kind of interchangeable a little bit for different reasons. Yeah, the only reason I with Seattle is because they have wins over Dallas and New England, which I think are a little better than um, Green Bay's wins. Um, and Kansas City has wins over. Uh, the Ravens, obviously, and then the Chargers in Houston. I'm sort of so giving, just... and I get what you're saying, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think right now, for me, I'm giving the Chiefs sort of the Patriots treatment from a couple years ago, where it's like until somebody knocks them off, I'm just going to keep them at one. Um, but I do think Seattle's looked the best. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs have played to their full potential, but again, until somebody knocks them off. I'm not willing to move them. Yeah. So. No no quarrels with New England up there? Uh, no. Has New England looked better than Baltimore? Uh, I don't know. So, like, the Ravens, so they lost to the Chiefs, and obviously. And that's, you know what? <laughs> we'll find out. Next week. And I think we'll find out next week because the Patriots play the Chiefs. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I think that game, based on how the Patriots handled the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs is it in Kansas City? It's in Kansas City. Oof. The two hardest games that each team has played, the Patriots looked better against the Seahawks than the Ravens did against the Chiefs. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I was thinking. So in that sense, I could see why you would tip the cap to the Patriots. Yeah. Um. But I'm I feel glad, like I'm glad you're such a rational thinker, Jason. After you were just bashing me against with my heat talk. <laughs> well, it was just so profoundly stupid. 
Um, well, you know. Um, but I, I think, like I said, I think the Patriots have looked better in their tougher matchups. But top to bottom, the Ravens are just a more talented team. And I think if they were playing against each other, I think the Ravens would still win. But Do you think there's a lot more bad teams in the NFL? I think there's a lot of like middle of the pack teams. I don't necessarily think bad is the right word, but I feel like there's a lot of like interchangeable like, oh, I could see an upset there. Oh, I might I could see an upset there. And that's cuz I guess New Orleans and San Francisco are down mm-hmm. this season. Atlanta's 0 and 3. But they were not super great last year. Well, like, towards the end Viking, of the, towards Vikings the end of the season. Yeah, the Vikings. Houston's down. Like we're talking about teams that we expected to be in the picture. Well, Philly, Philly, even Philly too, and Dallas, Dallas. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think you're. Yeah, I think you nailed it. it. I think you nailed it. I think there are a lot of teams who are playing below expectations. Some, some for different reasons than others. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, do we want to do the uh, move the chains? We're, we're moving the chains, Jason. Let's do it. Let's get this done in like 15 minutes. All right, everyone, if you don't know what moves the chains is, it's more like a agree-disagree type of segment where if Jason agrees with the statement that I read, he will say move the chains and the offense gets the first down or it's a three and out and we punt in it if he disagrees. And, and we're Jason, going for the ready? tie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Alrighty, you, you ready? I already know from what you've been saying that you're not gonna. I don't. I don't feel too highly about it. No but way. the first one, mm-hmm. the L.A. Lakers will <clears throat> dominate the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals like we have never seen before. Wrong. I think we're gonna punt that mainly because we saw the Golden State Warriors dominate the Cleveland Cavaliers. When? A couple years ago when they swept them. Wait, when LeBron scored 53 in game one and JR lost them that game? Doesn't matter. Still a sweep. And I don't think the Lakers are going to sweep the Heat. Um, I think the Heat are going to get at least one. Mm -hmm. Could they squeak out two? Maybe. I don't think the Heat are going to win. I think they'll get one. I don't think they're going to get swept. So, no, they're not going to dominate them like like we've never seen before. But I do think they are gonna uh, handle this uh, this series pretty pretty quickly. All right. So number two. What about you? Oh, they're I, dude. I'm I'm reading it. All righty. Okay. It's happening. All right. These are my thoughts. That's true. The NFC East is the worst division in NFL history this season. <laughs> this this current iteration of the NFC East is the worst division we've ever seen. Well, when the Washington football team is number 1 in your division, I feel like you're well on your way to being the worst division in NFL history. But let's just think about it for a second. Saquon Barkley being out for the Giants, man, that was that's a bummer. And I think that's a bummer for them even more now looking at how bad the division turned out to be. Because legitimately, if Saquon Barkley was there, that dude's a game changer. Maybe, I don't know how many wins he accounts for, but who knows? Maybe the Giants at the end of the season are a little bit better than the Eagles. If I don't even know what the Eagles are going to turn out to be now. Maybe they rattle off eight in a row. I don't know. Um, But this division is shaping up to be horrible. If the Cowboys do not win 
the division this year, we're going to have to stop talking about this Cowboys team as a potentially Super Bowl contending team. Because they better have a fire sale at the end of the year. Yeah, because if they don't find a way to win or run away with this division, then something is seriously wrong in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <clears throat> the new MLB playoff format will prove to be more exciting than ever before. Well, I don't As see. I don't, I don't see how it can't be now that it's expanded. <clears throat> but it, um, and it's something. Are you more interested in the MLB playoffs this season? Me personally, probably just because there's it's sports, and I was desperate for for sports for so long. <laughs> Yeah. Um, that I'd be willing that I'd be willing to watch it. Um, you know, it's something that was discussed the other day on ESPN in terms of you know changing circumstances for this year. There was talk about well, because college football got started off so wacky, maybe expand the college football playoffs for one year to like eight teams. Yeah. So I think because of everything that's been going on. Um, the expanded playoffs was the right call and the shortened season was the right call. Um, exciting. I don't think there'd be any way that it couldn't be more exciting because for baseball fans, it's just more baseball. Um, and and you get more like, because baseball is such like a regionalized sport. You get more fan bases tuning in. Yeah. As a baseball fan, are you more excited for the playoffs? I am. It sucks that the Giants aren't a part of it. Of course, but it's cool that the Padres are a part of it, and like Miami made it, and Milwaukee is going up against the Dodgers in the first round of a, I think they're best of three in the first round. So could the Dodgers be bounced by that Milwaukee Brewers team in baseball when anything can happen? Of course, mm-hmm. that creates excitement, <clears throat> and you got the the AL is just stacked. Right. And there's just so many young teams that have made like huge leaps this season. It's it's definitely interesting. It it just it allows baseball to be in the mass media more. Like you can't ignore the, a playoff game happening when they're on TBS or ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Alrighty. Number four, Dak Prescott has has earned his. Forty plus million dollar contract. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I'd say move the chains on that one. I think Dak is. I think Dak's been put in a semi unfair situation, which is hard to say when you're the quarterback of America's team. <laughs> um, Are they really America's team? They're really not, but that's their nickname. So <laughs> I. <laughs> um, but uh, you know. I, I think he's been put in sort of an unfair situation. You know, he's playing on a team whose defense is just not playing well. And he's being forced to to play perfect. He threw 57 times against Seattle. Dallas is not built, or I shouldn't say Dallas is not built. Dallas does not want to throw the ball 57 times. They are built to be a very balanced offense. So... With is and it makes a lot of sense with them having one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best running back in the league, in Zeke. So, I think Dak has definitely earned his extension, and I don't think that the record 
has to be the deciding factor on if he gets it or not because I think a big part of the reason why Dallas is losing these games is not because of Dak. Right. I think it's really just because their defense is just terrible. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely think he's earned uh, that contract. From one quarterback playing well to another, Josh Allen is a top three candidate for NFL MVP. So the people that immediately come to mind are Russ, yeah. Rogers, correct, and insert who else? So Mahomes, Cam. I'd say, uh, yeah, Fitzmagic. So, yeah, so I now mean, you, now uh, you're talking about Fitzmagic. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you got. I think you got Russ and Rogers who have sort of, like, I think they're ahead of everybody else. I think Mahomes is going to turn into LeBron in the sense that he's always going to be in the MVP conversation. <clears throat> so he'll be there. He'll be in talks. Cam just for the story, but I don't think Cam is going to have the numbers to back up an MVP season. His would more <clears throat> be if if they win that division. I think he would definitely get a lot of. I think he would Not. definitely get a lot of – yeah, he would get some votes. <clears throat> but I don't think – if you look at the stats, I don't think he's going to have the numbers to back it up. I think the two people with the numbers to back everything up at the end of the season are going to be Russ and Rodgers. If if Allen continues to do what he's doing, then – He's he, going to have the numbers. Then he is definitely going to have the numbers. It's going to be a matter of where his team finishes. Because if the Patriots win the division, Allen's not going to win it. Not, well, I don't even think he'll be really in talks for it. They ever given it? They didn't. Adrian Peterson win MVP, and Minnesota made the wild card. Mm. Is that the last time they've given it to a not division winner? Not sure. Alvin Kamara has been playing really well, but I don't think he's going to get any sort of love if Russ and uh, Rogers are doing what they're doing. Um. So, I think as it stands right now. Josh Allen is probably number th- – I'd probably put him number three on my list. All right. Um, even though I, like, would say Mahomes is probably the safer bet. But I feel like – I feel like you look at – you look at quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, to make that jump from, you know, good to great. And I feel like Josh making that jump seemingly that – you know, Mahomes won it last year, and you can make – I think you're just going to have the LeBron argument. Lamar, Lamar. I'm sorry. Lamar. Yeah. Um, Patrick won the Super Bowl MVP. Um, yeah. But I think Pat is just going to – he's, like I said, he's going to turn into LeBron. You're going to have an argument for him every single year, but they're not going to give it to him every single year. So you're going to find reasons to vote for other people. I don't think uh, – I don't think Russ is not going to win it this season. I think he's definitely going to win it as it stands right now. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd probably put Allen in number three. Love it. All right, yeah. number six. Well, how the many of these NF- do we have? Like twenty. Oh, I'm just my, kidding. Oh Eight. god. Uh, the NFC West will have all four teams finish with nine or more wins. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. If the Niners get healthy, then I think there's a good potential for that to happen. The only team that would there. Definitely Do you think, think the Niners are the only team that's holding it back? No, I'd say the Cardinals, only because their schedule's t- hard. Is it? So, okay, so they have to play the Panthers, who are kind of sneaky good. 
No, they're better than the Panthers. They're better the than fact the... that they lost to Detroit. It's in Carolina. Says though. a lot. It's in Carolina. Um, then they play the Jets. So they play the Cowboys, which who knows? They play the Seahawks. I think they're going to lose that game. They play the Bills. I think they're going to lose that game. They play the Seahawks again. I think they're going to lose that game. They play the Patriots. They might lose that game. Then they have the Rams. They might lose that game. They have two maybe layups against the Giants and the Eagles. Then they play you guys, and then they finish with the Rams. They have a tough schedule. So um, I think I think as of now, the the wins that I can say without a doubt they should win is six games. So that would put them in eight. So if they just split, that's that's with losing every game from now on in their division. Mm-hmm. They easily have a chance. Oh, they have a chance for sure. And I think the Niners are just a wild card just because everybody's hurt. And the Rams, I don't know how difficult the Rams schedule is. Well, it'll be similar to the Cardinals, obviously. I got one, two, three, four. They win their next two. They five. Beat... They have five clear should wins. And then they got games they can split with the Niners, for sure. Games they can split with the Seahawks. And games they can split with the Cardinals. And they have the Buccaneers, who I had them losing to, which is kind of conservative. But I think the Rams are better than the Bucks right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So they're in line to do it, too. I mean, it it shapes out. It, it could it very easily could happen. I would not be surprised if we're sitting here at the end of this and saying that uh that all all of those teams uh finished above nine wins. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if three of those teams made it into the playoffs. I was gonna originally write it as four make it as all of them make it to the playoffs, but I can't see it. So let's say let's happening. just hype let's just hype it play this as a hypothetical. Three of them make it. You have the Cowboys winning that division, then you have the Packers winning and then what? You have the Bucks. So it'd be the Saints who would be the one who you'd say might unseed somebody from the NFC West, I guess. Yeah. Is it just the Saints that we're looking at, I guess? Cuz I don't believe Chicago. I don't believe in yet. Chicago either, so yeah. My my computer's stopped working. Okay. All right, let's go. Let's go? Yeah. Number seven. I feel like you've been with you've been on the same wave same wavelength as me. I think just the first one. Yeah. The New England Patriots, America's team, <laughs> will finish with eleven plus wins this season. Let's see. So they lose to the Chiefs. They beat the Broncos. So let's go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think they got seven for sure wins. So they'd have to beat some two. Ah, da, 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 da. Um, I think they're going to lose to the Chiefs. On the Bills game, they could split against the Bills. Mm, 11 wins? Yeah. I really want to say 10. 10? So you're you're punting. Mm. No, I'm going to say they do it. But I don't think they're going to get 12. I think if I think 11 is their peak. Wow. I think 11 is their peak. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see if we can keep the streak alive. The New York-based 
team oh god in a worse spot is the drumroll please the j e t s jets 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 yeah i agree you think they're worse than the giants i do and i think the only reason why you can definitively say that is because saquon barkley is out for the giants um, so, built an excuse. Yeah, so absolutely built in excuse. Um, Sam Darnold just, I don't know if it's him or if it's the coaching or the team, because Sam Darnold's a talented player. This is his third year? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I think so, yes. Um, and I, he just, he has not played well, but he doesn't really have much around him. Um he does not. They have had a lot of injuries. They, like the Niners, have been hit hard with the injury bugs. Yeah, I feel like everybody this season just has some sort of injury problem going on. I, I will say this too. We're putting Seattle number one. They have had a lot of injuries on defense. They have. Jamal Adams just got injured in that last game. Their defensive line is littered with injuries. Yeah. So and I, they have overcome it. I say yeah. I said the Jets are in a worse spot. Um, for sure. And then one more thing before we wrap it up. I just went on the NFL's, uh, their, the NFL's website, and I got their power ranking. So you ready to hear theirs compared to ours? It's bullshit. I, I saw that they put the Niners at, like, 11. Well, okay. So I was a little upset. No, so the Niners, so you, I think the Niners are at 12. Um, oh, even worse. So here's their, here's their top 10. They got the Bucks ranked at 10, the Rams at 9. So they have the Patriots at 8. Tennessee at seven. I forgot about Tennessee. The Bills are not even in the top five. They're six. Yeah. They have Seattle at five. I saw that, yeah. Pittsburgh at four. Baltimore Baltimore at three. Green Bay at two. And the Chiefs at one. That's stupid. I disagree with that. Pittsburgh can't be that high. I don't think Pittsburgh is anywhere near. I don't think they're above Seattle. They're not above Buffalo. I don't think Baltimore is above Seattle. Is Pittsburgh above Tennessee? Yeah, I think so. Tennessee hasn't really beaten it. They've beaten Minnesota, Jaguars, and Denver. Yeah. What is that combined? 0 for, 0 for 9? No, 1 for 8. Well, to be fair, the Steelers haven't really beat much either. They beat the Giants, the Broncos, and the Texans. Right, so why why are they five or four? They're four. I don't know. I don't like those rankings at all. <laughs> I think right now San Francisco is better than Pittsburgh. I don't, only because San Francisco's injured. Bro, they looked they beat the Giants better than Pittsburgh did with their third string players. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk looks like a stud. Yeah, yeah. I felt good. Brandon Ayuk showed up. <laughs> Just in time for Jimmy G and Debo Samuels and George Kittle to all come back. Ooh. Right. They throw in a party on Philly. All right, well, that'll do it for us here on episode 61 of Nothing to Say the Fans Podcast. Thank you guys so much. We're going to try to cut these episodes down a little bit. We've been averaging like an hour and a half. I think we're going to try to knock that down to like an hour, hour 15. This um, is news to me. Well, I mean, the only reason why I'm saying this is because I've been I've been getting some whispers from people saying our show is a little too long. So who who who's saying that? Just uh, just some people. 
We'll talk about it off air. But All right. They're going to get a sternly worded text. I think anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half is, is a perfectly fine length for a podcast. Um, but uh, we, we may have to adhere to our, our listeners. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but we do have some guests coming up for you guys if we can get them on. <laughs> We've tried twice now, uh, which it's been our fault. But um, Our fault? Our fault, yes. Oh, okay. We're a team. <laughs> and I'm the one who's organizing all this stuff anyway, so I don't see you oh, working. Oh, we go in there. We go in there. I don't see you working. Oh, we go in there. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. I'm going to – Jason's also getting sternly worded text <laughs> at the end of this. Okay, okay. I'm okay. – hey, let's just get – let's give credit where credit is due, okay? Sam is the one who creates like 99% of the segments for the show. Jason's just running the whole thing one-handed with his leg tied behind his back and an eye patch on. <laughs> so and he's just doing such a phenomenal job. Yeah, okay, stop that. Um, Sam, I think cre- Jason's the GOAT. Cre- oh my god, please stop. Sam creates 99% of the segments that you hear on this show. He is our idea guy. Um, and I'm, I'm the one who works the guests and, and writes the stuff uh, um, for each little blurb. On uh, on apples, so we we have, have our have roles. A good show next weekend, next week. I think we will too. We're gonna talk some college football. Um, welcome, Pac twelve. Absolutely, Back to the dance. yes, sir. Uh, won't be seeing an Oregon game in my lifetime again, but <laughs> that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, next week's show is gonna be good. We got a good guest coming up for you. We got one of our most knowledgeable guests that we've had on the show for sure. Um, coming on. Oh, Ben's Ben's coming back. Hmm. So clearly, we're talking about two different people. <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> we just we just both took a jab. <laughs> who, who else? Who else could I talk? Um... No one else, really. I would <laughs> feel comfortable throwing shade at. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us. We will be back next week and uh, have a safe and fun week, everybody. Thanks, everyone.